Ilan Schwartz, thank you very much for taking my call, and welcome to Radio Canada International. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Now, uh, the reason I'm calling is this um, fungal pathogen called Candida auris, if I pronounce it correctly. Tell me um, what it is and why are physicians in Canada and the United States concerned about it? So Candida auris is a yeast fungus, which was first described in 2009 when it was isolated from the ear canal of a patient in Japan, and um, hence its name auris, which is the Latin term for ear. Um, however, the clinical significance of it has uh, since become much more clear, and it's uh, much more uh, fearsome than just something causing ear infections. So um, over the ensuing decade or so, um, reports of Candida auris have appeared in multiple countries. There are now 32 different countries that have uh, reported cases in the literature. And uh, when scientists have gone back to look at large collections of uh, Candida uh, yeast uh, isolates that have been collected from patients over many decades, it really appears that this is a new germ. So uh, the oldest isolate that has been found uh, in, in these collections that date back decades was from 2006. So for some reason, it really wasn't around before then. But at the same time, uh, scientists at the CDC and elsewhere have analyzed the isolates that have been found and determined that they come from at least four different geographic regions, and they all seemed to have emerged independently but uh, simultaneously, which is, is very odd. Uh, now, apart from those four regions where uh, there were quite a number of very closely related isolates, these isolates have now been detected, as I mentioned, in 32 different countries representing five different continents. Uh, basically, the only place that uh, they haven't been isolated is Antarctica. Um, and the reason that we're concerned about it is because these organisms seem to be able to transmit between patients very efficiently within hospitals and because they have intrinsic resistance to the antifungal medication that we would typically uh, use for a patient that has uh, an invasive yeast infection. Um, so it is uh, quite alarming, uh, the, the, the rapid spread of this organism, but um, what's most alarming is the difficulty that we have in eradicating it from a hospital once it has arrived and in treating patients that are infected. How serious of a problem is it for a patient? How deadly is this pathogen? So um, the patients that become infected with Candida auris are patients that are already quite sick. So generally these are patients that are admitted to intensive care units uh, for other reasons. Often it's because of uh, pre-existing problems like cancer or sometimes uh, surgery. So these are patients that generally have been in the hospital already for a long time. They end up in the intensive care unit. They've um, been exposed to a lot of antibiotics and they have generally um, 
uh, catheters or, or uh, IV tubes that are um, going into their veins. Uh, now, these patients are also at risk for other um, infections, including other uh, yeast infections caused by um, related but, but uh, different uh, members of the Candida family. So uh, these are patients who already are, are quite sick, and um, in fact, the risk factors for Candida auris are no different than risk factors for other uh, Candida infections, um, with the exception of perhaps having traveled and received healthcare abroad. Now, those patients already, um, in these patients, the uh, Candida infections uh, whether it's Candida auris or another more um, garden variety Candida, uh, is a, a very serious uh, finding, and and generally uh, these patients do very poorly. The uh, the mortality rate is about 30 to 40 percent in patients in whom the uh, the yeast is in the bloodstream. But really, we haven't actually seen an increased mortality in patients with Candida auris compared to other Candida species that are uh, more, more classically encountered and that are more um, susceptible to the antifungals that we have. So although it is uh, very worrisome to us, so far we haven't seen this affecting um, the outcomes of, of patients that are unfortunately already uh, quite tenuous in these uh, extreme circumstances. Now, th 30 to 40% mortality rate, that's almost as high as Ebola. It is um, almost as high as Ebola. It's obviously a lot less acute than Ebola. Um, you know, we're not talking about someone who's out in the community and perfectly healthy and feeling well, who all of a sudden, you know, succumbs to an illness. We're talking about people who are already very sick, you know, have had, um, you know, many months in the hospital and, and all already um, probably have a, a fairly um, high mortality just being selected for um uh, based on who becomes infected. Mm -hmm. But uh, for sure, having uh, a candida infection is a very bad thing. Um, that, that's uh, an invasive candida infection. We're not talking about things like uh, vulvovaginal thrush or oral thrush, which are very common and really of no uh, significance in terms of of uh, limiting uh, someone's lifespan. But if if you have these germs, that are in your bloodstream, then uh, these patients, of course, do very poorly. And whether it's a direct effect of the fungus or if it's the fact that these are already patients who are very sick, whether it's from an underlying cancer or an underlying complicated bowel surgery, um, you know, these things haven't been entirely teased out yet. But uh, for sure, um, it is not uh, a good thing to be infected with these with these organisms. Uh, now, interestingly, when you bring up the comparison to Ebola, the uh, point person at the CDC for uh, Canada Auris uh, named Tom Chiller had pointed out at a recent um, uh, fungus infection conference that the 
uh, infectiousness of Candida auris approaches that of Ebola. So compared to other Candida species that we encounter commonly in the hospital, what's really got us concerned about this one is the way that it transmits between patients. And so um, although the, you know, the comparison to Ebola on its face is, uh, is not really a, um, entirely fair, there are in fact a lot of uh, similarities in, um, in the sense that this is a very highly transmissible pathogen in the right circumstances and uh, certainly it does have uh, a, a high case fatality rate, but again that is similar to other um, infections with, uh, with other uh, yeast, inf uh, yeast germs that uh, doesn't have people up in arms. Now, uh, do we uh, understand how uh, it gets transmitted from one patient to another? So, um, generally, the the germ is um, is contaminated from the the skin of patients who become colonized, and uh, um, that becomes transmitted to the environment. Uh, so, this is the hospital room the um, various appliances and various um, tools that are used for monitoring and for caring for patients in hospital. And once those become contaminated, it's very difficult to eradicate this organism uh, from those, uh, those uh, environments. And uh, so when that patient um, moves either to another room and they, they could uh, spread the germ to another room and a new patient comes into the room that was contaminated. This is generally how we think that it uh, is spread, um, but uh, for sure there are circumstances where um, uh, tools that are, are uh, reused in the hospital uh, because it's not practical to, um, you know, throw out a uh, a heart monitor after using it on a patient. Um, when these are used between patients, there is a concern about a spread. Uh, now, there there is um, a process for decontamination of any um, any tools that touch uh, one patient and, and are going to touch another, but because of the particular hardy nature of Candida auris, we have seen outbreaks around the world where uh, these um, protocols aren't adhered to very closely. Hmm. So uh, we had a patient in Canada uh, identified. How many uh, cases are you aware of so far? So there have uh, been at least 19 patients in Canada since 2012 that have been uh, infected. So um, in most of these circumstances, these were isolated cases. So there was a, a patient who came into a hospital um, with the infection and didn't transmit it to anybody else. Uh, the, the normal routine procedures for uh, caring for patients was able to uh, decontaminate any devices that may have been used and there was no transmission. Uh, and we really only identified some of these cases in retrospect in 2017 after there was more, um, more, um, more alarm among, uh, among clinicians and public health individuals. 
Um, however, there have been some cases that have clustered together, and so there is concern for, uh, for the possibility of, of transmission. Is Mike understanding correct that uh, there are more cases in Western Canada? Uh, yeah, I think that is correct. Um, you know, there have been a number of, of cases uh, across the country, and, and really, I don't think there's any uh, particular area that would be immune to it. Um, the first case that we we reported was from Manitoba, but uh, there haven't been any additional cases from Manitoba. Uh, there there have been um, a number of cases reported from uh, British Columbia, and I think that's where there's a lot of concern because of patterns that we saw before with other uh, multi-drug-resistant germs, uh, particularly bacteria, that um, followed similar epidemiological routes in in that they had already set up shop in other countries uh, that had perhaps uh, less uh, judicious use of antibiotics and less um, less uh, appropriate uh, infection control uh, procedures. And in those countries, there has been a proliferation of these organisms. And so uh, particularly in, in British Columbia, where there are a lot of patients who, who may have um, been exposed to uh, healthcare institutions in other countries, there was a concern, you know, years ago about a particular drug-resistant bacteria that could be introduced from those settings. And in fact, uh, that is something that was observed. So this is the major concern for Candida auris because a lot of those um, those germs sort of run together because there are uh, similar risk factors in the um, in the use of antibiotics and in, in the, uh, the use or lack of use of uh, infection control pr- uh, precautions in uh, particular countries. Hmm. Now, what what's being done in Canada to kind of get ahead of this pro, uh, problem? So uh, there there is um, a leadership through the National Microbial Laboratory and through a group of um, of, uh, of doctors and uh, public health officials at hospitals across Canada uh, in order to be able to monitor this. Um, There's a pre-existing network of uh, provincial laboratories that um, are able to identify uh, drug-resistant organisms and can uh, communicate with and refer these isolates to uh, the National Microbial Laboratory in Manitoba. And uh, they're leading the charge in terms of uh, of monitoring these uh, these organisms and making sure that there aren't um, incidences where there are an unusual number uh, isolated from a particular area that would require an intervention in terms of uh, of, of having another look at the infection control uh, practices. So uh, there was recently what we call a point prevalence study, where we looked at uh, different hospitals across the country and and we we looked at patients that were admitted to these hospitals to see if any of them were uh, colonized with Candida auris. 
and uh, there's going to be uh, continuing uh, efforts like this going forward to to try to to get ahead of it. And certainly, um, the spread of this organism has been very slow. Uh, we hope that it stays this way, or that we're able to really nip it in the bud. Um, but um, it, it is something that uh, public health officials have a close eye on. What's your message then to the general public? Uh, so certainly, there's there's no reason to be alarmed uh, right now um, for doctors and for uh, public uh, health officials. Uh, there there is a reason to be cautious about this organism and to be aware of it. You know, at the end of the day. Um, we we want people to be able to use hospitals when they need them. Um, so this should certainly not dissuade anyone from seeking appropriate care. Um, but it is something that uh, that doctors need to be paying attention to, and particularly um, public health officials and infection control practitioners, and uh, something that we'll have our eye on. Um, but um, you know this this. Uh, organism really doesn't pose any additional risk beyond, uh, you know, the, the germs that are already circulating uh, in Canada. So it's it's concerning from an from a epidemiological perspective, uh, but it shouldn't be something that should alarm the general public. Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak about this and explain this uh, to us. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me.